Live from Cape Town, this is the Voice of the Cape. The Voice of the Cape. The Voice of the Cape. Good morning to our listeners. Tune to 91.3 FM audio streaming at www.vocfm.co.za, 95 FM in the Borland, and 90.7, 90.9 Ocean to Ocean. This segment focusing on what is happening in the Western Cape Hospitals. And with me, we have head of nursing department. That is Mr. Ahmed Mohammed. Uh, Mr. Mohammed, assalamu alaikum to you and a warm welcome. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. You know, um, let me just uh, paint the picture to our listeners. This is a young man who grew up in the heart of Manenberg, alhamdulillah. He's been overseas, worked um, overseas in, in various hospitals, but, uh, you know, took back to his roots, alhamdulillah, and look at the position that he currently holds as head of nursing at de- uh, the department um, um, uh, at Khrutiski Hospital, alhamdulillah. So, Ahmad, just, just coming back, you know, and speaking about um, um, COVID-19, and, and I think lots of people want to know, um, does that mean that our appointments are going to be cancelled because we've heard about the elective cancellation of surgery as well at many of the, the hospitals? Tell us more about this, but first let's greet the listeners. <laughs> okay, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and to uh, Aisha Lato and also all the listeners, Voice of the Cape listeners. So shukran for the invitation. You know, we really appreciate opportunities like this. As we know that there is a situation out there all yeah. across the world and we need platforms like this to share the information. This is a very ser- serious situation, but I think South Africa is taking a good stance. Um, the main message here is we need public cooperation. We need people to work with us. These are not the rules made by the government or by the president. These are what needs to happen. So we're going to talk about a few things and whatever we say, we just need people to listen to us. And this is the only way we can uh, battle, for, uh, uh, win this battle, if we work together as one. Indeed. And, and I love that uh, you mentioned to work together as one. And uh, there were questions earlier. We'll just try to get back okay. to those questions as well. Because people, like I've said, wanted to know. So with regards to, um, you know, I have a clinic a, a clinic appointment yeah. at OPD, what do I do? Will yeah. they contact me or do I contact hospital? Yeah. I think it's important for me just to put it into context, yes. Auntie Aisha. So basically, if you look at our outpatients department, mm-hmm. for example, at any given morning, we have between 500 and 800 people in a given area. Yes. The virus loves that. And we can't entertain this for that virus. So we need to uh, eliminate that uh, situation. Yes. As we know, the president always said we must re- uh, try and have no big gatherings, for example. Yes. So our patients who have outpatients appointments, please don't worry, don't panic. We have a system in place where we'll, we will contact the patient and we will give them a later appointment. We want people to know that we're not going to throw them away, forget about them. We have a very uh, 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 smart system at the hospital so we know who's supposed to be there and who needs to contact that patient or the family to make sure we give them a follow-up appointment in due course. We don't know how long this is going to carry on, but we want to reassure patients that we're not throwing them away they always be our patients and we are there to provide quality patient care so obviously there are days when you're in your patients when they have an appointment to see doctor or other just to collect their medication, medication yeah? as well so yeah. how does that work the same for the medication if you look at our medication there's also hundreds and hundreds of patients so our pharmacy again the system we can we know who's coming we will contact the patient 
when they do come in, we will give them at least two months supply or three months supply, which means they don't have to come every month. So we're also trying to get less people into the hospital as possible. So the, again, there are systems in place. We will make contact with those patients. Indeed. Ahmed, when we say less people in hospital, we're looking at, you know, patients themselves. Um, and I know that beds are spaced, but yeah. we're looking at visitation for those yeah, patients yeah. as well. Tell us more about this and what the stance is about. Shukran for time. that question. So as you know, we're in Cape Town and if somebody's <laughs> sick, you know, the way we are brought up, go and visit the sick. Yes. You know what? Allah's not going to punish us. This is a life-threatening situation. So we implemented last week already. So we said instead of 3 o'clock in the afternoon and 7 o'clock, we only have one visiting time. And that's from 7 o'clock in the evening until 8 in the evening. No other visiting will be allowed at any other time unless the doctor contacts you or the nurse contacts you to come in. There's also one visitor only will be allowed. What we're seeing is now people are trying to be clever. So now the patient, the patient goes outside to meet with 10 or 20 people, and that's putting the whole community at risk. Mm-hmm. So all we're asking is for people to cooperate with us. This is not going to be there forever. You know, rather manage this as soon as we can. Alhamdulillah, I must say last week we have seen people are listening to us, mm-hmm. but you also find people that are just stubborn, and they try and fight with the nursing staff and fight with the doctors. This is for our own goodwill. We saw also last week the schools are closed now, so granny comes to the outpatients or to see the doctor with, with 10 grandchildren. Mm-hmm. That's defeating the purpose. Again, to our community, we love you, we want to work with you, but you need to work with us as well. You must remember the doctors and the nurses and all healthcare workers are putting their lives at risk as well. So they come to work to protect all of us. So I think we need to also play our part of the game as well. You know, you're saying playing your part of the game. And I think, you know, the less feet, the better, not just for the patients and the family, but also for the nursing and the doctors and staff working at hospitals. So what precautionary measures have you taken and how prepared are you? So, you know, part of our jobs in general is we always look at what might be, what mm-hmm. must happen, what, you know what I'm saying? So even when it started, as healthcare professionals, you must think ahead of yourself. You must think months ahead of yourself. So what we do, for example, at Khurtiskia, I'm part of the executive management. We meet every day in the morning. So we have a normal departmental meeting at 8, but we also have a meeting. So the executive managers meet with the CEO every day at 9 o'clock. And the goalpost changes every single day because we find out new research about this virus every single day. So communication is of utmost importance. And I can guarantee you, not Khurtiskia alone, all healthcare facilities for the Department of Health, we are communicating now more than ever. Ahmad, what precautionary measures do you have? Because we all know that people come in with the bags. What advice would you give them, you know? Because Exactly. So as you know, and I'm, and I'm happy to see when I enter downstairs, you've got your hand sanitizers, even on the desk. I think there's two bottles of hand sanitizers here. <laughs> so you know what? That's that's good sign for us. And I know I visited a few family members on the weekend. You know, even though we're trying to self-isolate, but I see the Cape Tonians are doing this, South Africans are doing this. So that's a good start at hospitals we ask people before they get to hospital make sure you are clean make sure you disinfect your hands yes. you don't need these fancy hand sanitizer soap and water is very effective as well so please do that when you are the one person visiting your loved one at the hospital don't touch your loved one put your clean your hands also social distancing I mean, the president said it, everybody's saying yes. social distancing, but often you find people are still standing on the corners, like literally on top of one another. <laughs> this virus loves that. So can I ask people to please stay away from big family gatherings even, um, at least one and a half meters, that's, that's very safe. Um, yeah, and, and a big family functions, try and get away from that as well. Okay. Ahmad, does this mean that um, um, OPD is closed down for now? OPD... So what we have is we have 
lots of clinics. So what we're saying is our emergency OPD clinics. So for example, we have a hand clinic. So somebody was maybe in a car accident last week and, and so it's now they, they need a follow up by a specialist. But you know, hands is a very, uh, uh, there's a lot of nerve endings, for example. So mm. those are emergencies. Again, if you're not sure, you can call the hospital and you can, uh, uh, actually the hospital will call you. Don't you call the hospital. They will call you to let you know um, when and when not to come. So only emergency OPD clinics. If it's not an emergency and they know what emergency means, do not go to any healthcare institution. I beg of you not to do that. Ahmad, you have your medical wards, your surgical wards, and then you have your psychiatric wards, if yeah. I put, can put it that way. Yeah. The protocol for both, for all these departments, do they differ? Tell us about it. So even though we have different specialities, like mm-hmm. you mentioned, mental health, psychiatry, maternity, this virus don't ask you where you where you work. Yes. This virus is anywhere and everywhere. So you apply the same principles in any healthcare institution, be it big, small, you name it. The same principles apply. So what we call is infection prevention control principles. And you know these two hands is the biggest culprits. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm gonna repeat myself again. Your two hands is the biggest culprits. I see the whole of Cape Town is now thinking it's cool to wear a face mask. That's not cool. The face mask must be worn when instructed by a medical doctor. Um, Also remember, and I'm gonna reiterate this, you know, all across the world, everybody wants face masks. We're only at the beginning stages of this situation. When we're gonna have to need it at some stage, rather work with these things sparingly, because all across the world, there's a shortage of a lot of things, mask being one of them. So rather use it appropriately now, than later on, we're gonna be sorry for not having the stuff in place. Indeed, Ahmad, you know, listening to one of our, over the weekend when he says that South Africa is one of the is the country second in line when it comes to where the virus spread the fastest so what is it you know that we, we you mentioned the hands being yeah. the culprits but we're also looking at you know um, if you're healthy don't go to hospital because that is where germs lurk most of the time isn't it yeah. and we're looking at you know being um, in your taxi we're looking at being in the malls somebody yeah. was saying yeah you know what Mitchell it seems that the people don't have the scare yet because they still at the shops as if nothing is happening what advice would you want to give because these are the same people who's going to come and visit their family exactly. in hospital exactly so if you're healthy or sick whichever way stay away from healthcare institutions mm-hmm. unless it's a dire emergency the other thing is yesterday i just took a drive i live close to the radio station but i took a drive to certain areas and i can tell you now it looked like any other normal day we cannot have business as usual we cannot have business as usual. So stay at home. Um, we encourage that. The more people are staying at home, we're going to be able to manage and control the spread of this virus. But people are still way too much outside. They also encourage people to work from home. And alhamdulillah, some companies are very good at that. I can see people already starting to work from home. Mm-hmm. But not every business can do that. Like healthcare, for example. Yes. You can't look after patients when you're at <laughs> home. But if you work for a company and you can take leave during this time, I encourage you to do that now. This one says, Sister, I have an appointment at the vascular clinic on the 3rd of April in, um, uh, and I'm disabled. Um, must, uh, must I worry? The, like I said, all the outpatients departments will contact all our patients with appointments. There are systems in place so we know exactly like if the patient says she's due for next week, mm-hmm. so we contact all those patients who are due for next week. We won't let them just, you know what I'm saying? So there will be yes. communication. If you find that by the end of the week, nobody's contacted you. Now that I've spoken to you, call the hospital. But ideally, we will call everybody else. Okay, and this one says, Auntie Aisha, what if I was booked for an operation and the date will that still take place yeah. at, um, at the hospital? What then? Again, for even operations, we call it elective list. So yes. every 
doctor or nurse were expecting a patient, say if a patient goes for a tonsillectomy for argument's sake, we know the patient is coming next week. So those people will be called and explain that they're not supposed to come unless the doctor feels it's an urgent thing. Other than that, we're not doing any elective surgeries because, like I said, this virus wants people to be together in one space. Obviously, no operations, we're opening skin. You're opening, exposing organs. Yes. We cannot afford that. So if it's an emergency, we will never turn emergencies away. But if it's any standard elective, which means you've got an appointment, as a hospital, we promise we will contact you. Okay, this one's asking a very good question. What yeah. about chemo patients do they attend? The chemo patients, again, some of the services goes on. So if the, the, the sister or the doctors don't contact you, but most of our chemo patients will continue. Okay. okay. Ahmed, we're looking at, you know, nursing staff and doctors yeah. and yourselves working at hospitals as yeah. well. Um, and I know you say washing the hands because that is, the, the, you know, the culprits, but what, what measures are you taking? Because yeah. obviously you in, in, in the line, you know, front line there, yeah. you know, uh, of what is happening, anything can, you know, happen to you all as, as well. So yeah. what are you doing? So again, there's a lot of work goes into this because at the end of the day, our business is patient care, yes. delivering quality patient care. And I can reassure all of our listeners and everyone across the planet that, <laughs> you know, as not just Horizon Care, as a Department of Health, yes. we we are very much organized in this manner. Like we say, for example, now, you know, doctors get sick, nurses get sick, porters, cleaners, you name it. We also yes. get sick. But we also have a strategy for making, like, for example, OPD now, op outpatients will have less people coming, which means those nurses will be rerouted. This morning before I came here, that is basically what I was been doing. Okay. Because we will have medical surgical wards will be extra busy now. So we will reroute those people from the OPD to go and work in certain areas. So we got our house in order. Like it or not, you'll have to go and work there, isn't it? Even myself, you can see, uh, my, my, yeah, my sleeves are rolled. Yes, of course. <laughs> this one says, what about doctors that do not wear protective clothing? Okay, so like I said, at Hordeske and the rest of the Department of Health, there's been a lot of education and training. You know, um, people assume now because of coronavirus, every doctor, every nurse must wear what they saw on TV. Yes. You know, those funny suits mm -hmm. or the mask. And doctors will only wear it or healthcare professionals will only wear it when there's a need for it to wear it. Okay. Imagine a doctor goes and consults you in the wearing. It's going to put you off. It's going to put you... You know what I'm saying? To make you anxious. So healthcare workers will only wear it when it's necessary to wear it. There's no need for us to wear masks unless we are exposed to a patient. You understand? Listeners are speaking to Ahmed Mohammed, head of nursing department at Rotesky Hospital. There's a question here, Ahmed, that says, what about immunization? My baby had chickenpox, so couldn't go for his six-week immunization. Yeah. Um, then his brother had it, and he couldn't go again. Um, he's eight weeks now. What should I do? So again, for those clinics as well, when we, when, for example, kids, they have a immunization schedule you know what it doesn't mean they have to go on that particular day okay. you know our bodies are immune um, but the clinics I know they will contact those those families as well but it doesn't mean you must get it like today because now like family planning is different yes. <laughs> family planning you need to get it on a certain day before etc etc baby clinics or baby immunizations the clinic will contact those mummies because they're worried now, but that's me because they're day too late. The child will get sick tomorrow. No. Do you think it's important for people to take the um, flu vaccine? Definitely. I know a lot of people don't believe in it. 
So this vaccine that's out there is currently for the, you know, the normal flus that we're getting. Mm-hmm. So if you have medical aid or don't have medical but the injection is not that expensive, I would encourage people to get injected the, the, the vaccination now already. Um, I mean, we might end up with a, with a coronavirus kind of vaccine soon, but don't wait for that. Protect yourself, eat healthy, do exercise at home. Let's touch on that when we come back from okay. the listeners, Perfect. please stay tuned. Live from Cape Town, this is the voice of the Cape. The voice of the Cape. The voice of the Cape. Assalamu alaikum listeners and a warm welcome. I still have our um, head of nursing department at Rudisky Hospital, that is Mr. Ahmed Mohammed in studio with us. And it says, there's a message that came through that um, says, um, she has an eye test appointment this Wednesday at the local hospital in Pedro, but is scared to go um, there um, as she doesn't want to be exposed to more than 100 people. Must she still go as she doesn't know what to do? Okay, I'm not sure. If- familiar with which hospitals she's talking about but if it's Department of Health facility we actually discourage people from going to any healthcare facility and for all the Department of Health they will contact the patients like I mentioned early on so I'm not sure which hospital the person is referring to but try and stay away from any clinics unless it's an emergency and I think we all know what emergencies mean Ahmad yes one says salams my daughter is seven months pregnant must she um, do the follow-up appointments in hospital any measure in place uh, if uh, one cannot go to the hospital to give birth okay so the, obviously you, we, nobody can stop a birth from happening <laughs> so that will carry on as per normal and again people who has had babies before they know contractions what is real contractions what is not real contractions so I mean when somebody's in labor I mean the show must go on Indeed. <laughs> uh, exactly <laughs> Ahmed this one says please ask Ahmed Mohammed in Syria with Auntie Aisha Lato if one has um, got a slight flu symptoms if one still go for flu vaccination which is available at the moment again that is something that you're gonna have to speak to your pharmacist about or your doctor I mean most people who um, who have who need vaccination they need to go for the vaccination i mean most doctors will probably encourage the person to go back maybe two days later when they're better but i always say go to your gp who's going to administer the, the drug to you or phone the gp even instead of going to the gp ahmad yes one that says i would like to know if i have an appointment for the doctor at the day hospital will they cancel and shukran my script um, yeah. needs to be renewed yeah. it, um it's at the d6 woodstock day hospital Okay, so again, this, the same situation will happen now. So you try and I mean, we all know what the, the day hospitals look like. There's hundreds and hundreds of people. So again, they fall under the Department of Health and we discourage people from getting together like that. So I'm not familiar with what is their plan. So maybe the person can maybe call the hospital, but we encourage people to maybe get two months supply then to prevent them from going again every month to get medication. So my advice is rather call the hospital if she's got medication due to them. This one says, can Allah ask Ahmad what are the risks for pregnant females during this COVID and they suffer from severe morning sickness and have no appetite? I mean, Severe morning sickness. We all know what what morning sickness is like. Everybody gets morning sickness very, very differently. All I can say to the listener is, you know what? Follow the basic principles of infection prevention and control. Stay at home and you will be fine. Stay away from the big big crowds. Just like I said, 
look after yourself. And if you're pregnant, you should be the last person in big crowds. That's my biggest advice to you. Stay at home and be safe. Ahmed, this one question is that I'm due for hysterectomy tomorrow at UCT Medical. Um, is it still in order uh, and safe to go? And then um, should she make contact with the doctor or not? I think so UCT Medical, obviously that is private. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not sure what is their stance, but I suggest that she calls because normally the private doctor and the patient will have a better kind of a closer uh, communication. So either call the doctor at UCT or call the hospital and they will give you clear guidance, guidelines if you should or should not go. This one says, my grandson, two years, has fever and coughing. Two days, doesn't want to eat. Yesterday, I um, phoned the hotline and they said, I must monitor him and get to Grotesky Hospital if he's short of breath too. I um, think he's short of breath, but he's small, he, so he, he can't say. Okay. So just to check, how do you know that your, your, your child that cannot speak to you is short of breath? Okay, so we obviously we know now that he's two years old. Yes. Two-year-olds are prone to all sorts of infections. So I think, I think it's mummies or grannies, you know what, is a norm, what a child normally behaves like. Yes. If the child abnormally starts crying at two years old, for example, and we say short of breath is when the child short, when he struggles to talk, for example, mm -hmm. you know two-year-olds are chatterboxes. But if the chatterbox is struggling to talk, that means there's something wrong. You can see his chest is moving or her chest is moving um, faster than normal. Yes. Then I'd say worry. But I think if she called the hotline and we have experts behind the line, you know, when you call the hotline, listen to their advice. Mm -hmm. So if the child, if she's concerned, maybe call later on today. If the child gets sicker, if she's concerned. But again, call before you go to the hospital. Ahmad, initially people said that um, if you've been in contact with somebody that traveled, if you have, uh, if you were, if you traveled yourself, yeah. um, what should people be looking out for because we're looking at this two-year-old now yeah. so should the, the granny ask you know if they were in contact um you know um and and people will tell you but yes people that didn't travel they were also affected in yeah. some way i think initially so you know the world health organization had a set of guidelines basically yes. to, to questions but that is as we find out more about this virus the Change. questions have changed the goalpost has changed so you know if somebody so the, the basic question is have you got a temperature mm -hmm. but even that has changed now also do you have you been in contact with somebody who's traveled lately? You know, there's, we all know about the sore throat. So they're saying the sore throat is not your normal. It's even worse than a sore throat. Um, a, a fever, that's the other one. And you just feel exhausted, you feel tired. And then later on, obviously, it affects your respiratory system. And most of us, we know what we normally like with a normal flu. Like, I know I'm pup. Yes. But if I must get this virus, I'll be probably... Paparas pup, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So if you know yourself, but you are sicker than what you normally are, there's something wrong. Don't go to the hospital. Call the hotline first. They will do an assessment and they will advise you. I love it when you say, don't go to the hospital, call the hotline first. That there you is, go. That is your first thing that you yes. do. If you feel you, you're concerned, you might have it, you might not have it, you have to call the hotline. They'll ask you set standard questions and based on those answers, they'll say to you, yes, get in now or isolate yourself at home, for example. When you say isolate yourself at home, what is self-isolation? Tell us about it. So self-isolation, you know, you try and again, the social distancing is very important. Yes. I know a lot of our families don't have big houses when everybody, but I think if somebody's sick, can I ask families to even just prioritize? If it just means that person who is sick, put that person in a single room, um, open the windows, you know, make sure there's enough sun in there, there's ventilation in there, and don't be 
close to that person unnecessarily until that person feels a little bit better. Again, hand washing when you go into that room, when you leave that room, even for the person with these symptoms, hand washing, hand washing, and hand washing. And what is the distance between yourself and somebody that um, shows symptoms? I mean, there's people are saying one meter, but I'd say a lot of research is saying 1.5 meters as well. As long as it's not on top of one another. <laughs> so distancing is important. I mean, looking at supermarkets and, you know, standing in the queue to pay for your goodies, yeah. you need to tell the person, please don't follow me. Just stay there until I know. And I can also ask the, the listeners, if somebody asks, you must remember, a lot of people are very anxious about the situation. Yes. A lot of people are very scared. So if somebody asks you to move a little bit, don't take it personal. Mm-hmm. But also to those people who are asking somebody to move the distance, do it in the proper way. Don't be nasty, don't be rude, uh, because people are very anxious and this thing is real. So put yourself in that person's shoes, just be respectful to one another. This is new, this is scary for a lot of people. I don't think we realize how to fix people psychologically. Ahmed, does that mean that your admissions would only come through emergency for now? Um, yes. Only emergencies, only emergencies. Emergencies, unless otherwise discussed with the doctor or the nurse from that particular ward, nobody will come into hospital. Okay. Yeah. Like you said, all elective surgeries, that has been put on hold as yeah. well. So for yeah. our listeners who's tuned in, who knows that they need to go to Khrudisky or any provincial hospital to have an operation or for um, uh, any treatment, they need to make contact with them or they will call them. The hospital will contact those people. Okay. Any final words from your side, Ahmad, to our listeners um, this morning? I think just to our listeners, all South Africa, but also across <laughs> the world, you know what? Um, this is serious, but there's no need to panic. We are putting false, fake news on all social media, and I think that needs to stop. There's too many stuff going around. And you know, our young people, even our older people, you're putting those people in a situation where it's not comfortable for them. Um, the concern about their health, we all should be concerned about their health. So stop the fake news. I spoke about the visiting time. I spoke about the social distancing. If people can just listen to that and adhere to that, because some areas you still have business as usual. Mm-hmm. Other countries in Europe, it's a complete lockdown. And we can see already this, there's a little bit of difference. We must follow in the same footsteps as well. Ahmad, just a question. You know, admin yeah. staff will be working throughout as well. So we're looking at um, the various art, um, OPD departments yeah. as well. Even though your nursing staff will, will not be there. But if my clinic is on a Friday, then obviously the admin staff will be there. So to cancel that appointment, would the owners be on the patient or will the hospital No, no. That? So there will be enough staff. There will be doctors. There will be nurses. Okay. There will be port. Everybody will be there. Okay. Just less than what we normally have mm-hmm. so if somebody comes they won't be stranded there somebody will be there to guide and support them and also just to ask all the relevant questions Ahmad in that um, number that you've mentioned the hotline number the hotline number 021 428 9102 9102 that's 021 428 9102 yeah Ahmad shukran so much for being in studio with us this morning to our listeners this is Ahmad Mohammed, head of nursing department at Khrudisya Hospital very informative shukran so much Afwan shukran you're welcome assalamu alaikum The Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM Stereo.